With the regular season finally here, we've spent a lot of time talking about this 2022 season. What could go right? What do we think we know? What are the X factors? We break it all down before week one is truly in full force in today's episode. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. They bring you comprehensive, fast, affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. We've got a special offer right now for Locked On listeners. You can get covered in less than two minutes at brightco.co forward slash locked on. That's brightco.co forward slash locked on. James, we're going to get into week one in earnest tomorrow. We've got our crossover coming with Chris Carter. We're going to have a game preview later in the week as we gear up for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cincinnati Bengals in Paycor Stadium in week one. But in this, our last quiet moment before the regular season, the last Tuesday before a game, the the day before our first official game injury report will come out on Wednesday. seems like a good time to prognosticate, to take our last chance to look forward into the future, to think about what we think we know, what we might not know, what we're going to learn in the first couple weeks of this season about this team and take one last look broadly at the season to come. No doubt. It is kind of our last chance here to, to drop the, the take bucket, right. And, and, and get all these takes out and, uh, and, and thoughts and opinions. And, and there's a lot, look, we've had some time now to digest camp. To, to digest this team, to see the good, the bad, the concerns, the weaknesses, the strengths. And so let's uh, let's start with the, the strengths, right? And to me, and this is the most obvious statement of, of obvious statements, but after the appendectomy, I guess there's a little question mark or something like that, but Joe Burrow looks really, 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 really good. And – and I'm going to note this again, he has not practiced once with his knee brace. So I don't anticipate seeing that knee brace on him on Sunday. That's a question mark, I guess. But I, I don't think he's going to play with that. So, um, look, hopefully he's 100% recovered from that uh, the appendectomy, like T. Higgins said, uh, which on what? On Monday. And, uh, and we'll hear from Joe on Wednesday. But uh, when you're starting there with Joe Burrow, that's a hell of a place to start. And you're already starting on – you're born on second base in the NFL if you have Joe Burrow under center. And so that's where we're starting here in 2022. Yeah, we talked about his superpower on yesterday's show. So if you missed that one, go check it out. Albert Breer over at SI did a great job interviewing Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, even talking to Joe Burrow, Jimmy Burrow, about this mental superpower that Joe Burrow has. And, and we spent a lot of time talking about that yesterday. And that's something that, again, I'm going to reiterate what I said yesterday. I'm very excited to see how it plays out in in 2022 some people don't respect joe burrow's pre-snap game i'm not going to name names if you are someone who reads a lot of nfl media you might have looked at some qb evaluations 
on on Tuesday morning and wondered a day after listening to us talk about Joe Burrow's mental superpower and how good he is pre-snap, how he graded what he graded pre-snap. Now, we're, we're not going to get too far into that, but that is something I'm really excited to watch this year. In addition to just his accuracy, the, the connection with Jamar Chase downfield, the ability to get the ball out on time, He's a very good quarterback, the likes of which we haven't seen in Cincinnati before Joe Burrow in quite some time, especially compared to the peers that the quarterbacks faced you know, in those eras. And to your point, James, it's something that you love to talk about is these wide receivers, these skill players, the other big strength of this team. And we could talk about the defense on the whole because I think we both think the defense is pretty good and probably underrated, but... The skill players are fantastic in Jamar Chase, D. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, all of whom are fantasy draftable. I don't know. How many teams do you think have four draftable, startable skill players mm. in their starting lineup? Startable. Uh, startable. So, so, so regular starters. Yeah, you know, not many, right? Um, mm-hmm. The Bills, right? I, I think you'd put them in there, even though the running back situation is a little murky. Uh, the Buccaneers, you know, Brady, God, you know, they got four for sure when Godwin is, is not, not counting the quarterbacks, just just like wide receivers, running backs, for, tight ends. Fournette, Godwin, Evans, and then the fourth one's tough. Could Russell Gage be that? Would it be one of those tight ends? Yeah. I mean, that's you're putting Russell Gage up against like Tyler Boyd. At that. Yeah. And With so the it's Bills t- even it's like it's Isaiah t- McKenzie against Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, will Tyler. And I have him in some leagues, actually, in, in PPR. I, I think he should have a bigger year this year than than past years. But you're right; it's you know, it's one of those things. Hayden Hurst, I think, could be one of those guys that goes undrafted in a lot of leagues, has a big early season burst, and then everyone's like, "Hey, Hayden Hurst, tight end one in fantasy," because tight end's kind of shallow. So yeah, yeah, it, they have, and I went game by game. And, and we're kind of looking, and there's never there's never a game where it's like, oh, well, the Bengals, they don't have the better skill players. You, or you feel like even even the Bucks, right? You taking Jamar, or Mike Evans, all right? Are you taking T. Higgins or Chris Godwin? Like, are you you know, like even then, like Jamar gives them such an advantage, like it's close, but the skill guys, that there's just there's an edge there, and so mm-hmm. they they should have that edge week in week out. And they do this week against Pittsburgh, even though Najee Harris is a beast. And, you know, that that entire, you know, skill group, I think, is pretty talented in Pittsburgh. It's not like the Bengals skill guys. These are the things that we think we know. We, we feel really confident going into this season about Joe Burrow, about these skill players. And there's something to learn about Hayden Hurst, for sure, and how, how exactly he's going to fit into this offense on game days. We've heard coaches talk him up. We've heard him talk up the opportunity and the fit. And so that'll be something exciting to see develop. But that is something we don't know, is, is how does Hayden Hurst fit in? How does this offensive line featuring four new starters fit together? How have they come together as a veteran unit? How are they going to perform against one of the better defensive lines in the league from the start of the year? What's this defense going to look like? A lot of returning starters, only one change in that Larry Ogunjobi no longer plays for the Bengals. But when you add Zach Carter and Dax Hill to the mix, these are going to be rotational pieces for sure. Camp Sample getting a lot of praise in the preseason for having taken a step. And Dax Hill could push Lou Anarumo into more of those three safety looks, which is something we thought they wanted to do last year with the addition of Ricardo Allen. 
So maybe that's where we go next, James, is what are our biggest questions? What are the things that we need the answers to that we're probably going to get an idea of right away here in week one? We'll talk about some of those questions and answers coming up next. Here's a lesson for you. You don't want to be the guy and you don't want it to be splattered all over the internet that, uh, well, you didn't listen to the Locked on Bengals podcast and get with Brightco to ensure that engagement ring, to ensure that hot take gold chain or, or whatever the case may be. Look, Brightco, they're so smart because they made buying insurance for your jewelry, your engagement ring, your watch, whatever it is, so easy. You can get it covered, like Jake said, in two minutes or less on your cell phone. You're not going to find a better deal or coverage that's super affordable at bright.co forward slash locked on. It's that simple. Bright.co forward slash locked on. And you can ensure that engagement ring, which if you've bought one of those, it's a really uneasy fit. You're like, man, this is really expensive. It's worth a thought. You got to get the Brightco. Get that thing insured. Get it covered now so you can have that peace of mind. It doesn't take much time to get it done, and it's quality insurance at an affordable price. Bright.co forward slash locked on. I don't know if I want to frame these as big question marks necessarily, right? This isn't ne- this isn't meant to be a negative thing. These are just, let's see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. We're not exactly sure how some of these things are going to go. We can have a pretty good idea that the offensive line is going to be better. We can have a pretty good idea that the defense should still be good, especially with the late season and playoff run they went on when Lou Anarumo was really in his bag and we were praising the adapt- the adaptability of the defense. But when you look at some of these questions we've talked about, James, what's the biggest answer you're looking forward to getting in this week one contest against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Offensive line. As Lowell Collins has advertised, will Cordell Volson uh, continue to grow at left guard? He's not going to be perfect. It's not realistic for him to, or for anyone to expect him to be perfect. But can this offensive line hold up against the Steelers' defensive front well enough, or, or, or to where they they should with these veterans, right? With Ted Karras, with Alex Cap, with Lowell Collins. Will Jonah Williams uh, has he taken a step? That that's where it is. Because if you look at what could be the fly in the ointment of this team? You can always say health for every team, all 32 teams, but it's that. It's the offensive line isn't as good as they hoped it would be. The additions aren't as good as they hoped they would be. And so there's suddenly a ceiling again on this offense, like there was last year. There was a ceiling to it, and it wasn't nearly as high as it should have been. There shouldn't be a ceiling this year, not with Burrow coming back uh, a year plus removed now from that knee reconstruction surgery. Jamar Chase looks as good and as dominant as I've seen. I mean, he was so good in camp. T. Higgins looks a little thicker in all the right places. I think he's going to have a big year. We talked a little bit about Boyd. And so can this offensive line hold up its end of the bargain? I think we're going to get um, a really good idea this week. I, I don't think it's going to take long. And that doesn't mean that they can't win if it's not. We saw that last year, right? But if the Bengals can hold up against the Steelers and open up running lanes for Joe Mixon and keep Joe Burrow upright and make sure TJ Watt isn't wreaking havoc and hey, that's uh, make sure Cam Hayward doesn't dominate on the interior. Those are all things that I'll be looking for on Sunday. Yeah, the first time the Bengals played the Steelers in in 2021 was week three. It was early in the year. The Bengals won 24 to 10, but. They, they didn't pass protect very well. Looking at that game, Quentin Spain had a tough game. 
in pass pro. Trey Hopkins had a tough game in pass, pass pro. You remember early in the year, Trey Hopkins struggling, coming off yep. of his own ACL injury. Jonah Williams didn't have a great game. And for Pittsburgh in that game, I think, isn't that the game TJ Watt missed? TJ Watt didn't even play in that game. Melvin Ingram and Cam Hayward yeah, were, were giving them right. issues. And yeah. later in the year, they, they get TJ Watt back. And again, Hakeem Adeniji now starting a right guard, Quentin Spain, Jonah Williams. All these guys had relatively tough games in week 12. This is also the game Riley Reef got hurt, I think. And, and he was done for the year. But despite that, Joe Burrow had two of his best games against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. And so speaking to this idea that they don't necessarily need to pass block at an elite level to, to win. Well, the, these are two examples where Burrow got sacked twice in two games against the Steelers last year. And yes, I know TJ Watt missed one of those games, but he still played at an extremely high level in those games. And Burrow is a guy that unlike Andy Dalton and those common uncommon splits, you guys might remember from Andy Dalton, where he struggled against teams that had seen him a lot. Burrow seems to thrive when seeing teams multiple times. And there are some exceptions to this, but generally speaking, Burrow continues to step up his game. Look at the Ravens games last year, right? Like I know the Ravens had injuries, but if the offensive line is better, to what degree do these skilled players in this passing offense mm-hmm. and the running offense and, and Joe Burrow take another step? Because we've seen Joe Burrow be really, really good against the Steelers and the Ravens last year. And if now we see this offensive line also block, Let's talk about taking a ceiling off of an offense. Yeah, and that's that's what needs to happen. Like they could win on Sunday, and I don't feel good about it. If if they can't block, if Burrow's getting hit, it, it, then I'm going to be like, come on, man! Like what, are, what what's going on? So it, that's even if they win by two scores, by the way, like that doesn't because they crushed Pittsburgh in in that second matchup. They won by two scores in that first matchup, it, it, but you didn't feel great about the pass protection. You didn't feel great about it. And, and Mixon had, I think, a pretty decent game in that second matchup. But that's what I wanted. Like, the eye test part of it does matter. And it is early in the season and all of those things. But isn't this pretty close to – like, we should know. Like, eye test-wise, they should pass it, I guess is what I'm saying. Lel Collins said, hey, we don't really need preseason. We don't, I just need a couple joint practices. You, you know, that." They've said that with Alex Kappa and, and Ted Karras. No preseason needed. Jonah Williams obviously didn't play in the preseason. All right, then. So you're going to be ready to go Sunday at 1, and hopefully they look better. I don't need to see a top-five offensive line, but they damn sure can't be in the bottom five this year. I'll take 15th. 15th was, would be great. Sign me up for that. Give Joe Burrow a little bit more time. And, and one thing that's stuck with me, and I can't say who, but a defensive player was like, man, I'm so excited for our offensive line additions. Not, man, I can't wait for Dax Hill and Tyson Anderson and Cam Taylor Britt and Zach Carter. I can't wait for those young guys to get out there and help. And he wasn't in danger of not making the team or anything. So it wasn't that. He just was sick and tired of watching Burrow take those hits and get hit and wince. And I think we all were and are. And so hopefully Sunday is the, the start of a new era for trench play in Cincinnati. And it's a great first test. You're looking for a litmus test starting against TJ Watt and Cam Hayward or two of the best defensive players in the NFL, period. And so if you're looking for a test for your entirely remade middle of your offensive line from Volson to Karis to Kappa, 
And well, Colin's getting his first AFC North reps against TJ Watt for probably 90% of this game. This is a great first test, and, and I'm excited to see it as well, James. Also excited to see Jonah Williams, right? We, we talked throughout training camp that Trey Hendrickson was often getting the best of Jonah Williams. So for both of those guys, excited to see if that's more of a, a Jonah thing or more of a Trey thing. Hoping it's more of a Trey thing, right? Trey Hendrickson looking really, really good in this training camp period. And so Jonah Williams also will certainly get a nice test against the Steelers. And just to see how this offensive line comes together. This is what we've been waiting for since March is to see yep. these guys come together in pads in front of Burrow, hopefully doing a better job. Hard to imagine that this could be worse than, than 2021, just given the skins on the wall for these guys. The other thing we talked about is Hayden Hurst fit. Just saying on offense for another minute is, is going to be interesting to see how Hayden Hurst fits into this offense. And the, the thing is, we might not learn that one in week one. That one might take a little bit of time. This team is going to be game plan dependent. They're going to try to take advantage of matchups where they can. But if Jamar Chase gets the kind of attention that he drew from the Pittsburgh Steelers last time these teams played, if, if the Steelers start throwing double-double on T. Higgins and Jamar Chase again, that could be a lot of opportunities for Hayden Hurst here early as well so while we while we're definitely going to learn things in week one i guess the one other little disclaimer to throw out here james is sometimes it takes a little time week one is a weird week usually looking back at week one for lessons about the entire season doesn't necessarily provide those season-long lessons to be learned and so that that's a little caveat i'll throw out here as we're getting ready for week one sure but i i that's why it's like an eye test thing. Oh yeah. Right. And you can and that still learn mean, things. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're booking your flight to Phoenix in, in mid February. If, if the offensive line looks pretty good or if Hayden Hurst is, is utilized correctly or anything like that. But yeah, there, there are questions. I'm curious to see how Chris Evans is, is going to be used, but that isn't just week one. That'll take some time and it could take some time because you're right. The game plans could switch week to week, but I think it is time now talk about the defense because i i think there are some questions defensively too and it's going to be interesting to see how they match up with a i think honestly it's almost an underrated skill group for the steelers but there are some weaknesses which i know jake is dying to point out so we'll dive into that coming up next right here on locked on Bengals. but first a word from prize picks if you want to play daily fantasy well prize picks is here and it's a one-stop shop for you. How does it work? Well, you pick two to five players, and you pick and decide whether or not they will score more or less than their prize pick projection. So whatever prize picks projects for Joe Burrow, you pick more, you pick less. Jamar Chase, more or less. You're not competing against other people. It's you versus the projections available. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. That's quicker then I'm doing this read right now. Safe and fast withdrawals after you make that money. And it isn't just NFL, even though, let's be honest here, you're going to be using prize picks for the NFL. They got NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, and so much more. So download the prize picks app or goes to pri- go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. And you, as a first-time user, can get a 100% deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. A 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's free money. Take advantage of it now with the Prize Picks app. Promo code locked on or go to prizepicks.com and use promo code 
locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 today. One question before we talk about defense, James, and that is about Evan McPherson. Oh, will he question. kick a 60 plus yard field goal in 2022? That's my only question about Evan McPherson this year. <laughs> will he make a 60 plus yard field goal this season? I'm not betting against the guy they call Money Mac. So, yeah. There we go. All right. Easy. You betting against that? 60 yards. I don't know, man. I would probably just avoid that bet. But, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a long field goal. Because Zach has to actually attempt the field goal. I mean, 58. He's hit from 58. Yeah. He just, you know, the field goal has to be practice. attempted. Yeah, yeah it does. I'm I'm excited for the first 60 plus yard attempt we see from McPherson this year. I think we 65 will. yards against the Buffalo Bills on January 2nd with the number one Ooh. seed in the AFC on the line. Evan McPherson with two seconds to go. The kick is up, and it it and there we go. I'm not going to do my Dan Horde impression, but I could see it happening. So who knows? And by the way, if he kicks a 65 yarder in January, January? at Stadium. <laughs> Hey, again, I'm not betting against the dude. So whatever you say, rock hard ball. I that, hey. that must feel bad to kick a ball that hard. Maybe they keep steel, him warm on the steel toed cleats. Right? Steel toed cleats. Yeah, they keep him warm. Yeah, defense, James. Cleats. Come on. Let's let's get into this defense. That's legal, it's right? Mostly no. It's mostly the same, the same unit. Hmm. The, the one player that has departed that was a regular contributor for the Cincinnati Bengals defense will be playing against the Bengals on Sunday. Larry Ogunjobi, he's been replaced with Zach Carter. Jay Tufele, I think, will be a rotational piece. And and the reason I mentioned those two and not Josh Tupo is because Josh Tupo plays a different position than did Larry Ogunjobi. But despite this, how will Dax Hill be employed? This is something the Bengals coaching staff has been coy about. They admit that there is a plan, and they seem to be pretty excited for it, but they don't want to tell us any details about what the plan for Dax Hill is. That is my that that is the thing that I anticipate the most, I guess, in week one is seeing how they use Dax Hill. And I don't know if they fully know. It doesn't mean that they don't have an idea of how it's going to work, but he can do so much, and I think it's going to be all right. Where where are they leaky? Or where are they? Where's the issue? Where's the? They know he could play in the nickel, right? They know he could, like for example, Chase Claypool plays in the slot. He's not a small human, all right. He's a big dude, as good as Mike Hilton is. Mike Hilton's like five nine. So would you rather have that, or would you rather go with Dax Hill? He's got a little more size, a little more speed. That that's the part of it that I think is going to be interesting. How do they balance that out? But yeah, I, I think he gives them such versatility. But it's got to be odd for him because he was getting all those first-team reps and then, boom, just like that, Jesse Bates is back. And um, so, yeah, it, I, I wonder if they fully know how they're going to use him. Pat Fryermuth, by the way, he could mm-hmm. certainly guard him, try to take him away too. I'll say that about every opposing tight end. Week in, week out. Dalton Schultz, week two, right? CJ Uzama, week three. And the list goes on and on. Mike Gesicki, week four. Week five, Mark Andrews. I mean, look. I mean, we'll just name tight ends. I, I can't believe I have the first five. I didn't. That's no look. Dave. That's good. That was good. I just know tight ends, man. Let's go, man. I I, I like Zach Taylor and the Bengals and focused on week one right now. That that was really good. 
Who, who plays tight end for the Saints? Troutman's down there. I don't know who's Adam starting Troutman. For tight end for uh, they got the the quarterback that became a tight end. Oh right. Is he playing tight end now? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Pitts with the Falcons. David Njoku with the Browns. It's not Pitts like last freak. year's. It's not like yeah. last year's tight end gauntlet. They they uh, do get the Chiefs again with Kelsey, but they don't get yeah. Kittle. They don't get Hawkinson. They don't get Waller twice, as it turned out, or Kelsey twice, as it turned out. But they do get Andrews twice. They do get Fryermuth twice. They do get Njoku twice. All the AFC North tight ends, and the Bengals were really good against tight ends last year. And if Dax Hill is a part of that plan this year, and I know Trey Flowers is going to be a part of that plan this year, they could be really good against tight ends again. I thought schematically they were really good about defending tight ends last year. And Ben Ben Fennell, who does a lot of great film work, I think he still works for NFL Films, uh, talked about he's he's thinking that Frymuth needs to be a big part of the Steelers game plan this week, getting him on linebackers. And I didn't respond to his tweet, but I I really think the Bengals did a pretty good job against most tight ends last year. Frymuth is uh, no exception to that rule, but that'll be an interesting part of the game plan right away is the Steelers do test you a little bit with their skill players. And and mm-hmm. you led the segment with this, calling them underrated. I think you're right uh, to some degree. I think they have a really good group of skill players, three good wide receivers, a good tight end, and, and Najee Harris is a good running back. Yep. And so they are going to be a test for this team in that regard right away. What I'm excited to see as well is how does this Bengals pass rush get after a terrible offensive line? Mm-hmm. One of the questions we had this offseason is how good is this pass rush going to be? They can make the job of the back seven much easier when they beat like a drum, whoever those five guys are in front of Mitch Trubisky. Make him hesitate. Make him hold the ball. That's probably the job of Luana Rumo in the back seven, but you get that tick of hesitation. Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, B.J. Hill, Joseph Osai, getting to see him in some extended regular season action that we've been waiting for for over a year. How do those guys get after the quarterback? Another mm-hmm. answer that we'll start to see this Sunday. And and if they – my expectation for this pass rush is they should be getting after Mitch Trubisky early and often. It should be really hard for Pittsburgh to run the ball with that offensive line with DJ Reader in the middle for the Bengals. And they should be able to get after Mitch Trubisky. That is like the single biggest matchup to me in this game when the Bengals' defense is on the field is how does Pittsburgh actually get the offense going? With, mm-hmm. with this offensive line. They have a quarterback that has a bigger arm than Roethlisberger did. He can push it downfield, but does he have time to get the ball out accurately? And and that that's going to be the question for me because the Steelers' offensive line is, is very bad. I, I really hope the Bengals' defensive line makes life very hard for that Pittsburgh offense on Sunday. Joseph Osai, Joseph Osai, Joseph Osai. I'm excited to see him because yeah. he should be able to contribute not just as a pass rusher. He should be able to help shut this run game down, which is probably key number one because if you let them get going on the ground, well, then it's going to free up Mitch Trubisky a little bit and, and loosen things up defensively uh, for the Bengals' defense. So uh, stopping the run, I think Osai is is good at that from that end spot. How do they shuffle him in? You know, What's the rotation look like? I think that that's a, a pretty big question mark. Uh, the, the other thing here, Akeem Davis Gaither got a lot of first team reps, obviously, yeah. with Logan Wilson coming back. How is he used? Mm-hmm. He's another like chess piece. He's versatile. And and so do they do they use him some? How creative do they get? And it, it's it's another one of those we'll we'll wait and see 
but I'm excited to see him too. So yeah, this, this defense, it's pretty complete. There's a lot of the same faces, but the new ones could take it to another level. Like adding Joseph Osai, Dax Hill, getting Akeem Davis-Gaither back, Zach Carter. This defense should be really, really good. And yes, you're right about Trey Hendrickson. He had an absolute dominant camp. Dan Horde uh, was more focused on, uh, I think, the defense than the offense during the joint practices. And he's praised Hendrickson for what he did to Andrew Whitworth's replacement, the $40 million lineman. I forget uh, nope I forget boom. the guy's name. Nope, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, note that. Yeah. And, and, and we'll see if Hendrickson is that dominant. But he's been great in camp. And so it's like, oh, it's not just Jonah Williams, according to Horde. All right, so there's one. Two, if it's not just Jonah Williams, then Trey Hendrickson should eat on Sunday. And that uh, could be a lot of fun to watch for sure. And he'll be facing Dan Moore Jr., who is the left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, apparently. In the preseason, Dan Moore gave up seven pressures, including three sacks on 68 pass rushing reps. Is that good? I mean, that that's like two games, three sacks. That seems kind of bad for me. That's, that's conservatively two games of snaps, right? 68, 34 in the preseason, where a lot of teams aren't playing their starters. Yep. He also had three penalties. So... Yeah. Uh, that, that's the left tackle holding for the Pittsburgh left tackle Steelers. Dan Moore Jr. And, and I think we talked about these guys like Kevin Dotson or Kendrick Green is playing left guard. I don't I don't know if they've decided or announced it yet. Mason Cole playing center. James Daniels, who we liked as an offseason target, playing right guard, and Chucks Okafor, Okorafor, sorry, playing right tackle. I mean, Okorafor had a really nice preseason, but man, the the Bengals should get after this offensive line that that's all like yeah I, I don't trust any of those dudes on the pittsburgh offensive line to win their individual matchups against the bengals defensive front but that's just the first of many tests for the defensive front for the cincinnati bengals and the defense for the bengals fun skill players to challenge the bengals secondary which is the same secondary last year that was so good and so versatile especially once they settled into their roles now fully entrenched in this Luana Rumo defense are last year's first-year players with the Cincinnati Bengals. And this entirely remade secondary last year now has been through it with Luana Rumo. So fun to see them be in the system, playing faster the way they were late down the stretch last year. It'll be fun to see if they pick up where they left off and we'll get our first answer as to whether or not the Bengals will be able to kick the Super Bowl hangover. That's coming very, very soon. Tomorrow, we're joined by Chris Carter for Crossover Thursday, the first of the season. We're going to dive into the biggest stories, the biggest matchups, the biggest questions, the things that will decide this week one game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll have our own game preview coming to you the day after that as we ramp up for week one. Real football. Can't wait. Right around the corner. Matchups to talk about. Film to talk about. All my favorite things, James. We'll have all that and more for you coming on Lockdown Bengals. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.